You are listening to episode number 20 of the Focus and Bloom podcast. On today's episode, I want to walk you through the four steps I took to pivot and grow my photography business to where I doubled my bookings and quit my nine to five. Welcome to the Focus and Bloom podcast, a business and lifestyle podcast for creative souls and dream makers. Each week, we'll talk about how to build your brand and tackle work-life balance with purpose and joy, one action at a time. Here's your host, Josenia Bocanegra. Hello, creators, and welcome to another episode of the Focus and Bloom podcast. I'm your host, Jesenia. I'm a photographer and marketing strategist who took a leap of faith, moved from Puerto Rico to California, then to North Carolina with a camera and one heavy suitcase filled with dreams. If this is the first time you're here, let me tell you what we're all about. The Focus and Bloom podcast is a business and lifestyle podcast for creative souls and dream makers, where each week I'll be sharing actionable tips to help you grow and up-level your business. So get comfortable, grab a cup of coffee or tea, and let's get started. One of the biggest things that helped me grow my business was when I decided to pivot from photographing fashion and portraits to wedding and portrait photography. Now, I know that this is not for everybody and that in my audience, not everybody is a photographer, but stick around because I want to tell you what my strategy was, because this is something that you too can apply no matter what type of business you have. Number one, create your ideal business experience. When I decided to start photographing weddings, I started looking for styles of wedding photography that appealed to me and that I would like to create work for. So I started designing my avatar, my ideal bride. I began by looking at weddings that were very natural looking with that bright and airy look and had a nice, fun and candid feel to it. These weddings were also very nicely decorated, which meant that there was a lot of detailing put together. This bride is typically in her mid-20s to early or mid-30s. Then I started putting out work that would appeal to that specific bride. So here's what I did. At the time when I was starting photographing weddings or marketing weddings, which was mid-2017, I knew that getting lots of clients would take a lot of time, but for that year, I actually ended up booking four clients. I call that a win. Keep in mind that this is me having had decided to photograph weddings and actually starting to market my services for that around mid-May, so practically mid-2017. However, before doing so, I felt that I really needed to meditate on this decision so that I would have a clear picture, no pun intended, of how my life would be as a wedding photographer. This in part comes from the thought that at the time, I really, really did not like the idea of photographing weddings. Actually, the thought of it felt like work, like a regular nine to five work. The interesting fact was that what made me shift in favor of doing this, photographing weddings, was after my husband got laid off from the company that he was working at at the time. So I said, well, you know, let me step up, let me photograph weddings. And my husband, who at the time was my boyfriend, and he actually was about to pop the big question soon. He even asked if that was something I actually wanted to do, because again, I really didn't like photographing weddings. He even said, I don't want you to do something that you don't like. And while that was true and very kind of him for saying that, I still knew that it was 
what I needed to do. I had that gut feeling that it was what I needed to do. I thought about it. It took me about two weeks to really, really picture myself and meditate on this and break down what or how I envisioned myself running a wedding photography business. I told myself I wanted to determine that I was not going to book double weddings, meaning no two weddings in one same weekend or one same day, or no two weddings, you know, just no back-to-back weekends. And to this day, I would say I've been very true to that, you know, with the exception of last summer when I booked two elopements on the same day and due to my very own clumsiness, I ended up falling and hurting myself pretty badly on the second wedding, but that's a different story. (laughs) You know, I do this not only because I don't want to burn myself out with work because it's very easy to do so, but also because my husband works during the week now and I want to be able to spend time with him during the weekend as much as possible. Now on the weekends that I have a wedding, Saturdays, they typically look like early morning pancakes because my husband loves to make pancakes and while he's cooking, I'll probably be resting or just doing any like last minute checks to my photography gear for the day. Depending on the location of the wedding, he sometimes drives me from one location to the other or joins me on most of my destination weddings when they are in North Carolina. The next thing is to focus and define your niche. This is what I did next. So going back to the vision of my bride, and once I figured out what my type of bride was and the type of wedding that the the bride was envisioning for herself and her future spouse was that I then started to create styled shoots. So if you're new to photography or not a photographer and don't know what a styled shoot is, this is pretty much a designed photography session meant for marketing purposes. So you would create a photo shoot designed with the idea of attracting the ideal client. So with that in mind, I put together a styled couples wedding session. I called a couple of my model friends of mine and a makeup artist. I then went on Amazon and found a nice simple white dress that cost me about 40 bucks, some fake flowers, a veil, and some other accessories, and voila, that was it. At this point, I had already photographed maybe three or just a handful of weddings, and I wasn't estranged to the experience, and and I knew that although they were mostly on the smaller and shorter side of, of uh, as far as a wedding day goes, with that experience, I knew to be prepared for the unexpected. So I put together a shoot that would reflect my ideal brand and my kind of bride. Then I went to and began to bid on a variety of weddings. Then I went on Thumbtack and bid on a variety of weddings. I want to point out that this is not a paid advertising, for a thumbtack, this is me just sharing what I did to get to where I am. If you're not familiarized with Thumbtack, this is pretty much an online platform where you can find different services, from like the very basic household things to photographers. I had first heard about Thumbtack while I was living in San Francisco as a grad student, and I managed to book a few gigs from there, so that's how I knew about it. And when I moved to North Carolina, I figured, let me just start here. So now once I had moved to North Carolina and started my business, I picked up and started using Thumbtack again. I started first using it to find my accountant, which by the way, just she's, she's amazing. We still work together and she's awesome. Love her. But you know, something to know about Thumbtack is that usually the services that are available there, they typically tend to be more on the affordable side of the spectrum. Regardless, I knew this going in. 
but my thought process was to start building my wedding photography portfolio and build my clientele with real clients. I only did this for a few months and I was very meticulous about how much I bid on and also because I didn't, you know, I didn't really make a profit, but I was able to recuperate my investment and gain clients. Later that same year, in 2017, a friend and co-worker of mine was getting married in Florida and asked me for a quote. We had set up a video chat and I explained the experience, the investment, and, and what to expect when hiring me as their wedding photographer. In doing this, I began developing my client experience. I knew that I wanted to provide a great client experience, so I started developing all these little pieces and things to make sure that that was what I was able to deliver, not just pre-wedding, but also during the wedding day and then after the wedding. So I considered things like delivering really beautiful products to my couples. The other thing that I started doing as I was getting more clients and building traction online is that I was very meticulous at sending those bits, like I mentioned earlier, on Thumbtack and being very intentional, keyword intentional, with the things I shared on social media. During this time, I made sure that those were the type of clients I wanted. And because I was very intentional from the beginning is how the following year I doubled my bookings. And about April of 2018, I had already 25% of my goal for that year set in place. Again, this is me without having been a full-time wedding photographer, just barely starting doing so. Because at this time, this moment in history, I was already working a full-time job, a full-time nine-to-five. This then led to booking more weddings, bigger weddings, and these were all the types of clients that I had envisioned from the beginning. Think about it. In less than a year, I had hit these really big milestones. I was flown out to do a destination wedding. I was booked even two years in advance for the first time. Why did this happen? It was because from the very start, the very beginning, I was able to define who my ideal bride was, no matter what price range I was shooting at. You know, because let's face it, there are a variety of budgets when it comes to weddings. And typically, you know, wedding photography or the wedding industry in the United States is one of the most profitable industries there is. The average cost of a wedding in the United States, it's about $30,000. And the reality of it is that not everybody has that budget. I myself did not have that budget for my wedding. Actually, when my husband and I started planning our wedding, we knew from the very beginning we wanted a small ceremony so that we could use the rest of the money for our honeymoon. Our wedding ended up being at 10 in the morning. We had 22 guests, to include my husband and myself, and... We live streamed it. It was very simple, very nice. It was short, like three hours. And then we went on a honeymoon on the following year. And we ended up going to Spain, to Portugal and Ireland. And although Ireland, I do want to clarify, we only spent one night, but I'm still counting it because I got a stamp on my passport. So that counts, right? Going back to the actual point of this episode. So later, the following year, I was growing my business. I was getting more clients. Again, still working a nine-to-five job. I was getting better at designing that client experience because I want it, you know, I want to stress when you're starting your business, 
it's very likely that you don't have everything figured out at the beginning. And and that is okay. I do want you to realize that that is okay. We're not going to have everything figured out from day one. And that is also part of the journey of, of entrepreneurship and being a business owner. You're setting goals, you're learning as you, as you go and as you journey on. So just keep that in mind. However, the important thing is that you have the essential things so that you can then just go out there and do your thing so that you know what is the most essential or what are the most essential things when it comes to doing your business, doing what you love, so that you can then go out there, do your thing. And, and it is by doing that, that you can really then design and tweak and improve your workflow and your systems so that you can deliver an exceptional client experience, but also enjoying the process of running your own business. Part of doing this is really to figure out your systems because we don't know what's going to happen three months down the road. We might plan for things, but ultimately we don't know. I mean, if you started a business in January of this year of 2020, did you know that come March or April, we were going to be on a worldwide quarantine pandemic? None of us planned for that. So this experience is really teaching us all so much. It's teaching us things about ourselves individually and things about how we handle things. And and it's also teaching us how to think ahead and prepare for times of crisis, for times where business is slower than usual, or for times in which your business is forced to pivot. I don't mean that you have to pivot every single time there is a low season. No, you need to listen You need to pay attention as you go through the process. You need to pay attention through the entire process so that you know what you can do, what alternatives you have during these types of circumstances. But also know that what, you know, what is in alignment with your purpose and the purpose behind your building your business. If what you're doing doesn't feel in alignment with those goals, then pivoting might be it. But if the current track is actually in alignment with those goals, then keep on going, keep on working for for those goals, for those milestones. The next thing, it's designing your systems. So as I was getting more clients, I was getting better at the workflow, adding things and taking away things, understanding better my editing as a wedding photography. My post-processing is a very specific task because, you know, when it comes to wedding photography, It's not just photographing the wedding day, it's actually working on the images and delivering them and editing them so that it looks consistent with what you've put out on social media, what you put on your website. And that's ultimately the style that your clients are hiring you for. So you want to, that, that all of that is part of the process. Take, for example, you do a family session and it's like about one hour or two hours on average, and you end up with a relatively small amount of images that you're working with and this again one or two hours but on the other hand when you go to a wedding on average a wedding is about eight hours so imagine just shooting about 75 to 100 photos an hour you end up your day with more than 800 photos so going through all of that and selecting the best images and all of that is part of my workflow so as you keep develop as you keep getting more clients you keep understanding your processes, your system, and figuring out if whatever you're currently doing, if it's working or if it needs a little bit of tweaking here and there. I hope you're starting to 
see the relation on oh, when you start your business, how being very intentional is going to help you grow your business from the very beginning. From the get-go, I knew who my client was, I designed my avatar, and I defined who my ideal bride was. So now that I have my systems, what's next? You know, you want to start. You have to start somewhere. I've done business before my photography business here in the United States when I moved to North Carolina. You know, while I was living in Puerto Rico, I ran a business while there. And in a way, it did work to an extent. We decided to close down. It was more of a partnership. So we decided to close down our business. And while we ended up closing it up for a variety of reasons, it was a learning experience. In that process, I learned about accounting. I learned about registering businesses. I learned what it was to have a business partner. Through making decisions and mistakes along the way, I've learned what I don't like, and I also learned what I'm good at and what I'm not good at when it comes to business. And I didn't take a business class. I actually took my first and only formal business class when I was in my last semester of grad school. And that was like, what, five years ago? No, actually a little bit more than that, but you know, who's counting? (laughs) So I have been learning along the way. I have been listening and, and I've been paying attention to the process and the experience so that I can then make decisions, make educated decisions, the best educated decisions that I could make for my business and for those goals that I have in mind. And that is exactly what you learn as you're growing, as you're working on building your business. You're going, you know, you're you're going, you're paying attention to everything, to those important things that are pillars in your growth and your business growth and development. You'll know that everything deep down, there has to have an underlying purpose behind all of your moves. It's like playing chess. There has to be a strategy so that you have in mind an organization, a structure to your decision-making process based on the ultimate goal. And that's exactly what you learn as you're growing and and you're working on building your business. You're you're paying attention to everything, to those little important things that are pillars in the growth and, and your business growth, actually, and development so that you know that deep down, your decision-making process has a purpose behind it. There is an underlying purpose behind all of your moves and your strategy so that you can then continue to the next step and continue to your next milestone. That's kind of like playing chess. There has to be a strategy behind it. If you're a photographer, it's something very common in the industry when you're starting out is, you, you know, you're starting out, you got, you got your camera, you want clients, and you start immediately announcing, I do family portraits, I photograph weddings, I photograph food, I photograph maternity sessions, senior portraits, headshots, everything. And while there, you know, the purpose behind that is actually just to get started, which is great. You know, it's a little bit of everything. And it's like jack of all trades, master of none. So you really want to, you know, having that focused niche and avatar will really help you step up your game and go to the next level. Because again, it's going to be more of an educated decision-making process. I recently heard a really wonderful podcast episode from Amy Porterfield, where she says, and I'm going to be paraphrasing here, she said that not knowing your audience will help you get to know your audience better. Because as you start on that entrepreneurial journey, you'll start narrowing down your options and defining what you feel most passionate about. 
In doing so, you're honing down into those really specific things and skills that are driving you, that, that drive you, that move you, that inspire you to continue doing your business. When I started today's episode, I mentioned a conversation that my husband and I had a few years ago where he pointed out the fact that I hated photographing weddings and I am 100% on board with that at that time. Nowadays, it's a different story. I really, really love photographing weddings for a variety of reasons. I love the fact that this couple is trusting me to capture their love story, the story of their wedding day. And, you know, it's a wedding. They celebrated and they, they experienced this with their closest family and friends and they celebrate their love and I get to experience that. And at the same time, I get to photograph it. That's a win-win. I love that. <laughs> I know this sounds super cliche, but don't we all just need love, you know, especially now? Isn't that what we need? We really need that. And, and nowadays, we really need to feel love and, and whatever it is that we're doing, we need to, it needs to come from within. It needs to be in alignment. It just, it's not the time to not be authentic. We need to be authentic and we need to do the things that really make us happy, that, that challenges us and pushes us to be better at whatever it is that we're doing. And you know, when I get hired by my couples, it's not just photographing the day. I really get involved in the process. I, I'm not just there photographing, taking photos. I'm there fluffing dresses, helping out with boutonnieres and just like figuring things out when there's like a dress hiccup or something. So I really enjoy it. And, and it's just fun. And also part of it, it reminds me of my wedding day. So I get the excitement. And that is a, another way that I get to connect with my couples because I, I, I live through that. So I know the experience and, and I know how exciting it is. When I started today's episode, I mentioned a conversation I had with my husband and a few years ago where he said that I didn't like photographing weddings. And I agree with him 100%. At that time, I did not. But now I really, really love it. And it's for a variety of reasons. You know, I love the fact that this couple is trusting me to capture the story of their wedding day. You know, you typically experience this with closest family and friends and you're celebrating love. And I know this sounds super cliche, but you know, don't we all just need love? And it's cliche, but I love capturing that. And what better way that not just capturing it, but, you know, doing it with joy, doing it with a sincere enjoyment. Unfortunately, and because of this whole pandemic, a lot of my spring brides had to cancel, postponed, or completely change their whole wedding day a month away from the original schedule date. So I don't even want, I mean, weddings can be stressful as is. So I don't even want to imagine the level of stress of having to change everything so close from your wedding day. So I've been able to be flexible with them and, and be understanding because one, it's a very big day. They've been planning this for a long time, for typically majority of them for over a year. So part of that customer service is just being in listening and understanding. And I do that because I feel a connection and I, I get it. And that's what you need to do. Whatever it is that you're doing, it, it should come from the heart. Like it should be honest and sincere to you in this way. That experience that you're building, that you're providing to your clients is going to feel authentic. And that is key. Because, you know, 
You could easily get a nine to five job and done, but you might not get that same feel of fulfillment when working a nine to five versus doing your own business. Besides, you know, you're going to be building something that is for you, that is your own. You're pretty much developing or designing your life and working for those specific goals that are for you. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. But before we wrap this up, let me do a quick recap. So number one, create your ideal business experience. Ask yourself, what drives you? What things do you like? And how do you envision yourself running your business? Number two, focus and define your niche. Identify who your ideal avatar is. Jot down what that ideal client likes, where they shop, and the things they do. Number three, design your systems. Define what workflows and systems will work for your business and your goals. Last but not least, number four, start. Take that step and start taking in those clients. As you do so, pay attention to the process so you can review and reassess. Remember that you are unique and so is your business. These steps are here to inspire you and give you an idea of where or even how you can start. So go get them, creators. Thanks for joining us this week on the Focus and Bloom podcast. Check us out on Instagram at underscore Focus and Bloom for more business tips and inspiration. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Focus and Bloom podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, go ahead and leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback means the world and it helps others discover the show. And if you want to get your hands on more video podcasting resources, head on over to focusemblemstudios.com and check out our tools and resources for video podcasters and content creators just like you. I'll see you on the next episode.